Want more Hamish in Paris? Download the Hit app. This is the show. Want more access to exclusive prizes? Become a VIP at hit.com.au. On July 14 this year, 10-year-old Abby Sweeper's life was turned upside down when she was competing in a pony club event and took a fall from her horse. Now, family friend Nicole was there. She's on the line right now. Nicole, can you tell us more? Um, it was just an unfortunate accident, Hamish. She um, was doing something that she loved and um, had a fall and it didn't end very well. And now we're um, facing a very uphill battle with medical costs and um, living arrangements, I suppose. When she comes out of hospital, she has to live within 40 kilometres of Brisbane because she is now a ventilated tetraplegic. What does that mean? Yes. So tetraplegic is the new terminology for quadriplegic, I believe, that is paralysed from the neck down. So Abby's injury is a C1 injury, so right at the very top of her neck under her brainstem. Um, so she can't move from that point down. That includes her breathing. Mm. Um, so she's, that's why she's ventilated because um, she's paralysed from that very top of the neck down, which um, compromises your ability to breathe for yourself. And this is at 10 years old? 10 years old, full of life, so much in front of her. And unfortunately, you know, in a blink of an eye, it's all gone. It's really early days in the greatest scheme of things because it only happened in July of this year. In July, yeah. Is there any hope on the horizon at all for, well, not necessarily a full recovery, but any sort of recovery? We all pray every day for improvement. You know, every day we're hoping that that little 10% of hope is there. Um, well, the ultimate um, result is that she can at least breathe for herself because that changes the situation um, dramatically. It means that she can return to her family home. Mm. It means that she may be able to ride again one day. Um, it means so many things on the on you know on every level if she can breathe for herself. Mm. And you know the doctors have not said that she won't, but they said it's unlikely that she will. But we all just pray for a miracle every day and and hope that some research comes along or, you know, some stem cell research or some sort of medical trial that they can, we can get Abby to and, and um, you know, see if that makes a difference. So what fundraising are you doing uh, in order to try and get some money together? Um, we have a GoFundMe page. We have hundreds of people around the country running events, which is lovely, like a lot of pony club people and a lot of um, just general riding clubs have got behind us and, uh, having their events and then donating their raffle money or running special events for Abby and donating all of that money into the um, into the GoFundMe or through the, the trust account. So that's really great. And we're really appreciative for everything that everybody's doing. So it's early days really uh, at the moment. What's the best way at this point in time to show some support? There's a GoFundMe page for Abby. Um, it can be accessed on um, Abby Sweeper Facebook page. There is a link to the GoFundMe page if people would like to donate to that. Um, They can pre-order merchandise as of the end of this week, I believe. Um, They can contact us through the Abbey Sweeper Facebook page and someone will get back to you as soon as they can. We've had so many offers of people wanting to run events and um, people wanting to just, you know, put a donation into the bank or to the GoFundMe page and people sending beautiful gifts and cards and, yeah, all that sort of stuff continually 
is coming in and it just brightens up Abby's day to know that everyone's thinking of her. Well, I'll tell you what, how about we, we keep in contact, just keep us updated with what's going on so we can let everybody know and we can get as much support around uh, around this and around Abby and see if we can yep. raise um, a serious amount of coin for her and the family. Yeah, that would be amazing. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time this morning and thank you for telling Abby's story. Thank you very much for taking your time to give me a call. Playing a game of long time, short time today because uh, I want to know on 13, 12, 16, longest amount of travel time for the shortest stay. It happened to me on the weekend. My sister-in-law's had a baby, so we drove for three to a bit hours to get down to the Goldie. That's including, you know, getting stuck and roadworks. And uh, then literally had a look at the baby. Ten minutes after that, turned around, jumped in the car, drove back home again. But we got to have a look at the baby, as it turns out. So I want to know if anybody else has been in the same boat. Long travel time, short stay. Lucy's on the line. How are you? Good, Hamish. How are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. So, uh, similar boat, I would assume. Long travel time, short stay. Tell us your story. Well, so I made my partner travel six hours to go and look at a dog. <laughs> Did you go with your partner or all that? Yeah, was... yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went with him. Right. Yeah. It's not just a case of, oh, by the way, you're going to have a look at uh, a, a dog. <laughs> See you later. See you in 12 hours because it's six hours travel time there. Um, well, I didn't. I, they just sort of said it was like just past Roma. Yeah. But, you know, it was a little bit further than just okay. past Roma. Yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, so on a map, it looks like it's just past yeah. uh, Roma. but Queensland, small, right? <laughs> Travel time, maybe not. Okay, so when you when you and your partner got there, you travelled your yes. six hours to have a look at a dog, and I'm asking myself, is the dog really worth it? Did you then purchase or pick up the dog, or did you not like the look of the dog and then turn around and drive back home? Well, so the ad said there was, you know, all these puppies for sale, and they were really cute, and I had my heart set on this particular one. Yeah. So when we got there, <laughs> yeah. that one was gone. Oh, I hate it when that happens. So we turned around and came home. Yeah. So No dog. Dogless. No, I, well, I, I had my heart set on one. Wow. Well, and that one wasn't there. Yeah, and the leftovers, they're all the runts of the litter. Yeah. And yeah Why no, is that one the last one? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. If there's only one dog left out of a bunch of dogs, you've got to worry that that's, uh, there's a dud dog just sitting there. Yeah. There's a reason why other I mean, people didn't pick cute. it. it was cute. Yeah. It was cute and playful. It was a puppy. Yeah. They but... all are cute. They start cute. It's what, what they end up like. Yeah, that's true. All right, so that's 12 hours of travel time, six there, six back for, for nothing, for just a quick look and, and no dog. Oh, we had a great feed in, in Roma. <laughs> we always do. Royal Hotel, that's the way to go. Conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theory. All right, it's time to take a look at another conspiracy theory. This is where we peel back the layers of something that some people are banging on about, uh, normally over the internet, normally on YouTube, as it turns out, where they embrace the conspiracy theory. Today's conspiracy theory is actually the opposite to global warming. Now, we all know of global warming. We've all heard of global warming. We're going through a phase, they say, of global warming right now which is obviously where we're getting all this weird and random weather from. Did you know that not so long ago, they were thinking the opposite would happen? Check this out. This current climate crisis causes ice to melt, water levels to rise, and temperatures to increase. 
In 2006, former U.S. Vice President Al Gore predicted that the Arctic ice cap would have melted by 2013. Now we can see that he was incorrect. Not only that, ice is actually increasing, paving the way for a new inconvenient truth, global cooling. Yes, global cooling is today's conspiracy theory. Apparently it's a thing. A group of scientists is now warning that the world could be hit by a mini ice age beginning in 2021 with uh, drops in the global mean temperature that could last for more than three decades. A British mathematician, Valentina Zarkova is her name, and her and her team, uh, their research has created a model that shows a substantial cooling of the planet in 2021, resulting in what is called a Maunder Minimum, uh, the name given to the most recent mini ice age that actually occurred back back in the 1600s. Now, her model shows an offset in the solar magnetic waves, eventually becoming out of sync and reducing solar activity by as much as... 60%, 60%, the magnetic waves will come back into sync sometime around the 20, uh, 2050s. So 2021 to 2050, it's going to be very cold, uh, which could mean that major rivers around the globe, we're talking about the Thames in England, Mississippi in the US, will be frozen in this changing dynamic. Now, this lady, Zarkova, claims her model has 97% accuracy. So we've got a year and a bit to get sorted, go down to Aldi and buy up all the snow gear in their sales because it's going to get cold super quick. Uh, And if you want more proof that there could be uh, some global cooling going on, check this out. The rather literal and ironic example of global cooling is seen in a 2014 research trip to the Antarctic in which a ship of scientists studying the effects of global warming found themselves stuck in ice. The ship was stuck for nine days before a rescue ship was sent to retrieve its passengers. This rescue ship then got stuck in ice itself before being able to reach them. A couple of boats got stuck in some ice. So that's evidence of global cooling, apparently. Whether you believe it or not, just be nice to get some rain, to be honest. If it means we're going to get some rain, I'd be happy with some global cooling. We live in an age now where people name their kids pretty much whatever they like. If they can get a weird name across the line uh, with whoever you have to register the name with when you have a child, then people are happy. Well, as it turns out, people have decided to do something a little different now when it comes to surnames. Gone are the days of a hyphenated name. Now we're having blended surnames. In fact, a couple in Sydney have given their newborn a blended surname and they're sparking divide online. Surprise, surprise. Some people are loving it. Some people are hating it. Now, the two people, the parents, are Mr. Courtney Casser and Laura Sheldon. Now, they've had a daughter, Lila. Lovely name. Love it. Now, uh, for the surname, though, they've decided to mash their two surnames together. So, Cassa and Sheldon has become Castledon for their daughter. So, they've registered uh, Lila's name as Lila Castledon. Now, can be quite confusing, I would assume, but a lot of people have said, oh, look, it creates individuality. It's a little bit of both parents. Why wouldn't you do that? Uh, I'm not here to judge. If you want to do that, that's fine. That's where things are going. I just don't know. Like, it works for myself, I guess. If we were to mash my surname with my wife's uh, maiden name, uh, mine's Carter, hers was Stanworth. So we'd either have, as a mashed-up name, Starter or Cartworth. I don't know if I like either of those. But if my parents were to have 
blended the surname. I definitely am a firm no because it would have been Carter or Pake. And if you put those two together, it's cake. And I don't know if I want a surname cake. To be honest, nothing against those people that do, but it's just not for me. Want more Hamish in Paris? Download the hit app. This is the show. Want more access to exclusive prizes? Become a VIP at hit.com.au.